Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Labor Day weekend crowd. Good to see y'all in church today. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm glad you're here. Uh, thank you. Thank you, worship team. I just appreciate you guys so much. We guys, you know what? Would y'all, y'all thank them and thank our production team as well. Really appreciate them. And one other thing, when you leave today, if you have a child with you that you pick up from children's ministry, thank the children's ministry team. They serve a lot of hours just making sure that things come together and that things happen for our children's ministry. But I'm excited about God's word today. So get your Bibles open to Psalm chapter 23. Psalm two, three, and we're going to dive into the Word of God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, also, just to let you know, at the, at the close of our sermon today, we're going to have corporate communion. We'll be sharing communion together. And if you're watching online, now would be a great time just to go ahead and get something so that you can experience communion with us because I want everyone to participate in this. Uh, so I, I, I want you to, to get some notes out. Today's one of those note-taking days because I, I believe that today is going to be a day of a lot of revelation for you. And um, the title of my message is really interesting today. I've never had a title quite like this, but it's called Declaring Rest in 5782. (laughs) This is going to be good. Thank you so much. And thank you for leading worship today also. uh, Declaring Rest in 5782. You'll figure out what that means here in just a minute. So I want you to take a deep breath, chill, relax, hear me well. God's got this. God's got this. God's got this. I I was thinking this week about something that happened to me as a 15-year-old young man. Uh, Growing up, my my parents, we just, we just, we we lived at the edge of poverty. And that was, that was our, was our life. That was just the way it was. And I had not seen a dentist until I was uh, 12 years old. And so I'd actually had a lot of my permanent teeth that were just, that were just giving up on me at that time already. And, uh, and, and as a result of that, I have a, I've had a lot of dental work. I still do that to, to this day. But, uh, but at the age of 15, one of my teeth had so deteriorated that it was needing a root canal. And I went to our dentist and Thank God this is a, this is a season when, when uh, we, my parents did have enough money for us to get some basic dental work done. But I went to the dentist, and he said, you know, you've, you're going to have to have a root canal. And he said, I don't do root canals. I don't like to do them. I can, but I don't like to do them because he said, I just don't trust myself with it. But he, he said, I'm going to give you the name of another doctor, and you can go ahead and go to that doctor. So I, uh, I went home and told my parents, and, and my dad and my mom said, that's, that's not going to work. We can't afford a root canal. That's just, that's not going to work. So my dad said, we're going to go ahead, you need to go ahead and get an, another appointment. We'll make an appointment with that doctor, and you just need to go ahead and have it extracted, and that's, that's the way it's going to be. So I, I had accepted that, that I was going to go get one of my permanent teeth pulled, and, and, and I went to, uh, and it was just, you know, it was a little troubling for me as, as a 15-year-old, all of a sudden lo- losing a permanent tooth at that, at that age, plus all the other stuff that I had going on, and, and, and I got to the dentist, and and he said, so you're, you've come in for an extraction? And he, he, I said, yes. And he looked again. And he, and he said, I'll be right back. And he left for about five minutes, came back again. And he just said, well, I, I, I want to tell you, I just want a way to pray. <laughs> it's good to have praying doctors. I, I'll just say that much. It's good to have praying doctors. He says, I just want a way to pray. And, and he said, I, I feel like God wants me to give you a root canal, although I don't do the root canals very often. But <laughs> so now I'm thinking, I don't know what this, this is, what's going to happen here. I don't know what a root canal is. I, I just, I, he, said, he said this. He said, you're 15 years old. You don't need to lose this tooth. And I'm going to go ahead and give you a root canal anyway. And uh, so he said, he, he got ready and, and, and he numbed my mouth up and then he, <laughs> He, he, he took his hands and he just laid his hands on my mouth, on my face, and he said, Jesus, I just pray that you'll guide me and guide my hands and, and, and that you'll bless this moment. And, 
And, and my heart's beating out of my chest. Now, I, I, I believe in prayer. I certainly believe in prayer. But when your doctor is like, okay, I really need you. It's like, I kind of wish you would have done that privately back in his office or something like that. But he's praying over me. And, and he said, will you pray now too? Okay, God help me. So he starts doing this root canal. This root canal took a, a good two hours. And, and at the end of it, he, it was all finished up. And and came back, and he, he, put a, he put a silver crown on the tooth. And he said, you know, this is, this is what we've got to do. This is, but he said, he said I, I, I want to be honest with you. This will last no more than 10 years. At best, it will last 10 years. Well, I'm counting ahead. I'm going, I'll be 25 then. I'm like, come on. I, that, that's, like, that's way out there. That's, you know, that's, that's a, a good, uh, what, two-fifths of my life that's ahead of me there. So I wasn't too concerned about that. And, but he said, please remember this. Within 10, before 10 years, 10 years max, this tooth, something's going to have to happen with you. You may lose the tooth. You may, you're going to have to get a new crown or something else. And uh, I want to tell you something really interesting. Now, that, nobody likes hearing those kinds of things. But first of all, he prayed for me. And he, he worked on me. He took care of me. And then he, when I got ready to pay, he, he charged me for what, uh, what it would cost for an extraction, which was another miracle right there. And, and he said, um, he said, just, you, know, you, you should be okay. But don't forget, he kept reminding me that I'm going to have trouble with this tooth maybe later on. Well, that was 40 years ago. And do you realize I've had a lot of dental work done since then. And the only thing that remains from my old, old, old days, I and mean, I'm talking about it, it, the only thing that remains from, from 20 years or more ago is I still have a silver crown, I still have this tooth intact, and it works great. I just went to the dentist this week, uh, and, uh, or a few weeks ago, and did a complete thorough exam and just said, you know, that, that tooth with that silver crown, that was an amazing, <laughs> amazing job that doctor did. He said, was that the one you told me about when you rode your bike to the, to the dentist and, and got that done when you were 15? I said, yeah, that sure is. I said, wow, <laughs> what an incredible dentist. But no, I really say, what an incredible God. What an incredible God. Um, so I want you to understand in the season that we're in, I want you to know this. It's time to relax. Take a deep breath. God's got this. Um, today's message is very prophetic in nature. I'm a pastor, not a prophet, but it's very prophetic in nature. So I want, to, I want you to open up, and I want you to jot, jot some things down. It was at the beginning of, May, of uh, March, the very first week of March 2020, and I shared with you guys and I shared with everybody that I, I believe that we were going to begin an 18-month period of an incredible shift, and there would be, and this would be a time of, of, of repositioning, and, and there would be, a, just don't, I, just, I said, just don't be afraid during the season. We, we're going to ride this out for the next 18 months. Things are, going to, things are going to shift and change because God has to reposition not just our church but the church at large for something new that God's going to be doing down the road. I don't know what something new is. I still don't know what that, that is. But, but here's, here's one thing that's very interesting. Today marks the end of that 18-month period. And what we didn't see or what we didn't know was that COVID would come and ravage so much uh, that, that churches would literally be shut down and that... Uh, that there would be unprecedented turmoil, and not just with COVID, but political as well. And here we are 18 months later, and the, the good thing about that, again, I'm not a prophet, I'm a pastor, so God will show a pastor things for the congregation, but, uh, and so God does, because a pastor looks out over the horizon, and God, God will show you things. But you can't see everything clearly necessarily, but it, it's a, you can see something that's out there. And the beauty of this is you can look back, and the beauty of this, really for me, over the past 18 months, is I've been able to look back. I've been able to consider and reconsider what I felt God shared with me, spoke to me, what I shared with our elders, what I shared with the congregation to some extent as well, that um, that 18-month that period, God knew it was coming. He told us it was coming. And he said, it's just a time of repositioning of the church, of your church too, this church, for the future. And... We're here now. 
I know this is a holiday weekend. Things are a little different on a holiday weekend. A lot of people are out traveling, and, and I hope they're having a good time. And I know many of you have already told me you'll be watching online. So I, I encourage you to open up your heart if you're watching online as well, because today I'm going to share another message that is prophetic in nature. Um, we're transitioning into a new season. Uh, and it's, it's a new season as a church, but it's also a new season overall. There is a Jewish holiday, a Hebrew holiday that happens this week. It's called Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. You pro if, sometimes you'll see that pop up on your calendar, and you're like, I don't know what Rosh Hashanah is, and you try to say it. Like, okay, that's it. I don't know. Some of you know very clearly what Rosh Hashanah is, but it is the Hebrew or the Jewish New Year. So this week on Wednesday, September 8th, we have to say Happy New Year because it's the new Hebrew year. And, uh, and, and this, but, but what's interesting is the Rosh Hashanah has always, and it always does, it marks a season, not necessarily the day exactly, but it marks a season where there are always earth-shaking events. And, and this has is, this is definitely been the thing I've seen for many, many years. Now, I want to pause for just a second and say, kind of answer a question for you. You might be saying, why are you teaching this? Why do we need to learn this? Why do we need to know about this? Well, I believe we need to know this. Just as I shared some things a year and a half ago, we need to know this so we can be well positioned for the days ahead. Again, it's about being positioned. It's not about trying to, it's not about fortune telling. It's not about any of that. That's nonsense. But, but this is about being well positioned so that you know what, you know the, the, the things that God is doing, the things that will be happening in the earth. And, uh, and I've watched and I've studied and I've observed this season for many, many years. I've watched it. I've observed it. I, I've seen the sea, this particular season that we're moving into this time of year. I've seen its impact on the church. I've seen its impact on, on, uh, on, on nations. I've seen its, its impact on our nation as well. And, and today's message is not about satisfying some type of curiosity, uh, but it's about being positioned correctly for the days ahead. That's the key word, being positioned correctly for the days ahead. I, I want you to be positioned in the right place spiritually and emotionally. I, I, I want you to, to be ready for the, uh, the current events that are really unfolding and that will be unfolding. And, uh, and now is the season where we're going to begin to see some of this. Rosh Hashanah is a year that transitions us this year, this time, it transitions us into something called Shemitah, the Shemitah. Now, that's another Hebrew term. And Shemitah is a year of rest and trust. We read about this in Leviticus chapter 25. I'm not asking you to turn there now, but you can look at that on your own. That is where God uh, told Moses that, that the children of Israel were to take this Shemitah once every seven years, and it's a year of supernatural rest. It's a Sabbath year of rest. Every seventh year, so God, God ordained that the land uh, should, should rest and that debts should be forgiven and that slaves should be set free from captivity. Now, now, during this time, the children of Israel, they were not allowed to work the land. So the people... They, uh, they therefore had to have a lot of faith. They had to have faith that God was going to provide for them supernaturally, and he did. And they had to learn to trust him for their provision. That's part of the Shemitah. It's, it's learning to trust God for provision. I know it's counterintuitive, and, and, I'm, and I'm not asking, and I certainly am not encouraging any of you to quit your job for a year. That's not what this says. But, but it is, it, it, this, is, this is a time where where. We are going to be encouraged by the Lord as we are entering into this year of Sabbath rest that we are going to trust God like never before, and God is going to provide. He is omnipotent. Now, the Shemitah is the end. It's the tail end. It's the back of a seven-year cycle of years, according to the Scriptures. And, uh, and, and, and so everything begins to be wrapped up that has been going on for the, for the, past, seven, for the past six years. It's wrapped up in that Shemitah year. And it's an also a year that transitions into the future, which would be Rosh Hashanah of next year. And uh, basically, one cycle of years is now being completed over the next 12 months. And, uh, but, and we are heading, though, this time into a very uh, supernatural Shemitah year, Sabbath year. 
And I believe that God is preparing us and will, will have us enter into a time of incredible rest and incredible release. And, and this is a season, this is a time where, where you're going to hear it from me a lot. I'm going to say stop striving and start trusting. Quit trying to force things to happen and let God enter in. Because here's the truth. When we cease our striving, when we quit trying to force things to happen, God is in control and his lordship does a whole lot more than ever before. So this is a season to trust God's, uh, excuse me, to rest in God's presence. <laughs> also to trust in God's presence. But it's, it's a season to rest in the presence of God. I, and, I had, and I encourage you, stop striving. Um, you, know, you don't have to try to force your agenda. You don't have to try to hustle, hustle, hustle. But rest in his presence. What marks the season and any type of a Sabbath season is, is extraordinary times of worship and prayer. I'm, I'm excited that today is, is, our, is our evening prayer meeting, 6 p.m. tonight. I encourage you to come out. You know, just come out and be a part of it. Because more, hear me well, more will be accomplished in your life through worship and prayer than ever could happen by trying to force your agenda. Now, now this, this, this year of, of Shemitah, this Sabbath year, it's not about saying, well, if that means rest, then I'm just going to be lazy and disconnected because that's actually just the opposite. God doesn't call us to that. That's not what this is. But, but if you're willing, I believe, to, to, to cease the striving that this, this Shemitah year is going to, is going to be a, a year of incredible blessing for you. You'll be blessed, I believe, blessed emotionally and, and materially. There's so many different ways that God will bless you if you allow this to happen. Uh, it, it really, what, 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 was, what was commanded in the scriptures is, is if Israel obeyed this command of God to do the Shemitah, if they did this, if they fully uh, followed this, that God would bless them, would bless their homes, would bless their families, and even bless our nation. Therefore, the Shemitah is a supernatural year. In fact, there, is even, there are even laws in the United States of America based upon the Shemitah, whether you realize that or not. Have you ever heard of, of, uh, of, of debt laws that like after seven years, they can't collect on a debt? You know where that comes from? It, it isn't something that somebody just dreamed up, thought it'd be a cool idea. It actually came from this, the, the, the Shemitah. And so, so this is a time where you are just realizing that God is in full control of your destiny. Hear me. He's in full control of your destiny. He's in full control of his people and the land. Uh, a good theme scripture for Shemitah is Psalm 23. And I want you to look at this. We're going to walk through this for, here for just a moment. And, and, uh, and we're, we might pull it apart and look at it a little differently than you've ever seen it before. But take a look at this in your Bible. I recommend if there's anything you memorize this year, memorize Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I like nothing. Do you see that? <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. If you get anything out of today, that 23, verse 1 of Psalm memorize that. He makes me. I like that. He doesn't tell you to. He makes you lie down. What are you saying? I, you better lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. What does that mean? We'll see the sheep get afraid if, if water is moving too quickly. They, they, they get afraid at everything. If you've ever been around sheep, they're, they're so easy to spook. They're scared, they're scared of everything. They're they're, they're actually strange animals. But they're, very, they're, they're scared of everything, but he, which <laughs> it is interesting that God, wants to let, uh, God considers us to be like sheep. So. Uh, but, but he wants to lead us beside still, quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. What's your soul? Your soul is your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your will. So it's a refreshing. That's what this is. That's what Shemitah is about this year. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. He's going he's gonna to make sure you're going down the right path. you just got to stay in tune with him and don't stray from him. It says he's guiding you. He's not going to force you. He's going to guide you. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. So here, here's part of the beauty of Psalm 23. It doesn't say that, that there won't be any, any tough times. It actually refers to a, like a really, really dark valley. Which would, be, which would be pretty scary for sheep, all right? It says, he, even though I walk through the darkest valley, hear me, church, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In other words, like, like the, the enemies would have been people who were ungodly or against him. And that's just saying, God's going God's gonna to take good, God's going to set up a banquet for you and everybody else just gets to watch. That's kind of nice. It says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is a psalm that I encourage you to massage into your heart over the next several months. I declare rest over you as we move into this new season. Now, there are two dominant calendars that are, that, that are in the world. Uh, there, there are several calendars, but the two dominant ones are the Gregorian cal- calendar and the Hebrew calendar. The, uh, the Jewish or Hebrew calendar, it's a combined lunar and solar calendar. That's why Rosh Hashanah changes dates each year, but it's always around in, the, in September sometime, usually first to the middle of September. And then there's a Gregorian calendar, which we know very, very well, and that's, that's a purely solar calendar, and so we use this. But we use these two calendars, and so this year, as we move into the Jewish Jewish New Year, the Hebrew New Year on Rosh Hashanah, which happens this Wednesday, we move into the year 5782. And then in January, we'll be moving into the year 2022. Those numbers are actually very important. Now, this this Hebrew uh, Jewish calendar, this is also, which is 5782 this week, this is also known as the Adamic calendar, or some people call it God's calendar. But it's the Adamic calendar because this dates back. This is the Hebrews originally put this together. and, And this was the first regularly used calendar that actually worked. Uh, and and it, it goes back to when Adam was breathed into his lungs by the breath of God. And the Gregorian calendar begins at the birth of Jesus. So these two combined calendars gives us, uh, gives us, puts us in this time period where there's, there's, there's a transition, I guess you could say, from around September through January of each year. And this, this year, that transition, I believe, is going to be even be more significant. So... Uh, so it's basically from Rosh Hashanah now up through January. So what is God saying? Well, God is saying a lot of things, I believe, during this season. And I've not just casually thrown this together. I've spent a lot of time, many hours, uh, toiling over this, making sure I'm going to say the right things. And I'm saying what God wants me to say as well. But, uh, but, but one of the things we need to look at is not only the, the Shemitah, but also what is going to be happening when Rosh Hashanah rolls around. So when the trumpet is blown, the Jewish New Year is being celebrated, the Jewish uh, rabbis are going to be reading out of the Torah. And they'll be reading out of the Torah from Genesis chapter 21. Now, here's what they believe. They believe that whatever they speak, whatever the, the Jews believe this, whatever is spoken in Hebrew leaves their mouth and actually takes on life. So at, 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 the, uh, at the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, these are the scriptures that are going to be read this year from, from Genesis chapter 21. And the Jewish people believe this, that when they speak in the Hebrew language, they're reading from the Hebrew text, that it's going to take, up, take life, and it is going to, to really be a, a, a call to what God is doing over that next year. And I believe that as well, because I've seen it. I've watched it through the years, and I've seen it. And I've never really preached this hard on this, but, but I've seen it over and over and over. So I feel confident about this. So, so in Genesis chapter 21, I see a couple of very significant things that are happening here. One, and you can read through this on your own later, but one is, is the promise that had been given to Abraham uh, of the miracle birth of his son, that he would have this son, and a great nation would come from him. Well, Abraham was 100 years old, his wife was 90, and they were way up there in years, and, and God still is saying, y'all are going to have a baby. <laughs> he didn't say y'all, but he said, yeah, you guys, you know, he, he wasn't from Texas. But he, he told them that, that they're, they're, they're going to have this baby, and how, how in the world is this going to happen? I mean, you can imagine. A hundred-year-old dude and a nine-year-old woman, I, I don't, I was, and see, she had never even had any children, so how does this work? Well, God's promise was fulfilled, and, uh, and God gave them a son, Isaac. So one of the things that I believe you can expect over this coming year is you can expect long-awaited promises to be fulfilled. In fact, I, I believe for many of you, all the, the things are already moving into motion with this. Long-awaited promises are to be fulfilled. Uh, what, is, what has been impossible in the natural is going to come to pass, and I want you to expect it. 
Now, there's another thing that I find in Genesis chapter 21 that's going to be speaking, spoken during the launch of, the, of Rosh Hashanah from Genesis chapter 21 is the driving out of Ishmael. Ishmael was, was uh, basically what you would call the illegitimate son of Abraham that was not, to inherit, that was not going to have this blessing. And, and he was driven out. And so, so I see this as a separation of the righteous and the unrighteous, which actually I see in a lot of other things coming up. So one of these things I think we can count on in this coming year is that what is godly and what is ungodly will become very clear like we've never seen before. Uh, less fuzziness, less gray areas. I, I believe that we will begin to see for believers, we'll be, we'll be able to see crystal clear what God is up to and what God is not up to. You'll be able to see what is godly and what is ungodly, not just the what, but the who. See, you, people will be able to be known by their fruit in this season as we move into this new season more than ever before. And, and, and I believe that the, the, the Scripture talks about the works of the, the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh, and, and I believe that, that you will be able to very clearly see who is of God and who isn't? Just simply by the works of the, by the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. Because those who are even trying to fake the fruit of the Spirit, they're not going to be able to fake it anymore. There's going to be a very clear distinction between what is good and what is godly, what is God and goodly and what is evil. Now, there is a way to determine this on your own, not just by looking at the fruit, the works of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit, but this also what Jesus gave to us in John 10.10. 10. And I want, this is one of these scriptures that you should also have memorized. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. But Jesus said this. He says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. Now, that is a threefold job description of hell, threefold job description of evil, of Satan. And Jesus says, but I have come that you may have life. Jesus has one, one item in his job description. Pretty easy, right? So Jesus is, is saying this. So, so, so what is ungodly? Well, Jesus defines it for us. And here's how you can discern this as well. Watch in the culture. Watch around you. Listen. Have your ears in tune to this because you can pick this up. What is ungodly? Theft, murder, and destruction. Whenever you see theft, whenever you see murder, whenever you see destruction, very clearly, you can know this, it is not of God. And it's time, believers, for us to wake up and identify that. This is, uh, this is not from God. This is not from God. So, and the world, what the world tries to do is to normalize theft, murder, and destruction. In fact, there are movements that have, been, that have risen up over these past 18 months that have said destroying things is a good thing. Murdering is, is something that we should do because certain people need to be murdered or, that, or, or that, uh, uh, that, that it's okay to destroy something because you should have it anyway, and if you can't have it, you should destroy it. Those types of mindsets. And it's okay to steal. We're, we're in a time of unprecedented theft People are literally walking into stores and, and loading up on stuff and walking out like never before. So, but I, I believe there's going to be a continued acceleration of that. But we need to see it with discernment. It is evil. And it doesn't matter what the world says that it's okay. It's not. Okay? You, now, you are trained in this. But what is godly? Well, life. <laughs> life. Because Jesus came to bring life. Jesus brings life, so we do also. So we bring physical life, and you know, Jesus brings spiritual life as well. But, but when you walk into a room, I, I, I commission you, bring life into that room. Bring life in. You have the spirit of Jesus in you. Bring life in. It doesn't matter because life is light, and it will dispel darkness. So the Torah readings from Rosh Hashanah that will be read this week they are very important into regarding the spoken word of what God is about to do. Now, regarding the Shemitah, which is the year 5782, which begins this week, it is a year of Sabbath rest, all right? Also, we have the Torah readings, which helps us to see what God is doing, but there's also a third element. And this involves the Jewish, a Jewish form of numerology. Now, I'm not going to burden you with all the details and intricacies of how this works. I'm just going to share with you a few basics and skim over a few things. But, it's, but one of the things that I found, it's very obvious that this system is used by God or God designed this system because it, it has always, all through history, it has always been a way of determining revelation and judgment and blessing, etc. And, and I'll also tell you this, this is not a new topic for me. I've been studying this stuff for years 
I, but I've seldom talked about it. Be, it, it be, but I've watched these things play out historically, and, uh, and, and, and I've, I've seen these things happen. So as I've done my research for today's message, I've, I've, uh, I've even taken this information, bounced it off of a Hebrew scholar. I've taken this information, and, and I've looked to see, okay, now, now that I feel, like I, I, I feel a sense of what God is speaking here, are other, like, prophets, legitimate prophets, like the real ones, not, not, your, uh, you know, not your Facebook friend prophet. But, but, uh, but legitimate, are they saying anything similar? Are they saying the same things? And so in this case, there's a yes and a yes, and so which I feel the confirmation to go ahead and share these things with you as well. Uh, and and I, I, I want you to understand, guys, I, this platform is precious to me. And hear me, I will not abuse this platform. I'm not going to abuse this platform with something that, that's, that's strange or weird. And I, and I have always been very cautious about these types of things. But I've seen a lot of evidence. I've seen a lot of evidence uh, and that, that the things I'm sharing with you are legitimate. And I, I'm standing here in confidence. I believe I'm standing here under the boldness of the Holy Spirit. So when we look again at the Hebrew gear, 5782... And to a lesser degree, when we look at the Gregorian calendar year of 2022, uh, we see the completion of a cycle. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you some very quick Hebrew lessons, and you may not be able to grasp all this, but just follow me very quickly. There's, there's the, the, the word tav, which is a Hebrew term. This is the 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Now, any time there is completion in the scriptures or in the Hebrew world, the, the word tav comes up because it is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's also similar to the number seven. So, but it is the 22nd. And so we see this number 22 popping up in the Gregorian calendar. We also see the number 2 draw, uh, popping up in the, in the Hebrew calendar. So, so what does Tav mean? So that means we really need to look at it. It's, and with, with Shemitah, it is a conclusion. It's a wrapping up. So uh, Tav means three things. It means completion. It also means to mark to mark, to mark. That's my mistake right there. It should just say to mark once. It is to mark with a sign. And it also means emet, which is truth or faithfulness. Now, I'm going to go through these quickly. Leave that up there for a second. Completion. First of all, I'll talk about completion. This is a year where a lot of things are simply going to be wrapped up. A lot of things are going to be wrapped up. Second, to mark with a sign, this means primarily is that God is going to mark his people for protection. Now, I know when I say to mark, some people immediately you're going to think of the mark of the beast. I do not feel that this is the case. I do not see this. I, I don't believe this at all. If it happens, it happens. But I just, I just scripturally don't see that it's, it's yet time for that. So, so but, but I believe that God is wanting to mark his people for protection. And also, it also speaks of Emet, which is truth and faithfulness. I preached an entire sermon on that two weeks ago. And I encourage you just to go back and listen to that sermon about how God is faithful. But in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew uh, uh, calendar, this number is actually the final number that we see. So we, we're moving from 5781 to 5782. So we're seeing this change, and which, which leads me to the next uh, Hebrew number, which is the number two, which is the Hebrew term bet. It goes along with the Hebrew term bet. And it means three things. It means house, duality, and paradox. And I think this is probably the most prominent thing that I'm seeing here because I see this going into the Shemitah year. I see this going into the Torah readings as well as, as, well as just the other things from the numerology. But it's a bet. Actually, it's, it's pronounced bait. But, but there are three things that we see here, and I think this is very significant, very, very significant. Even in our Gregorian calendar, the year becomes, in January, becomes 2022. So... What jumps out at me more than anything is the, is the term duality. These are two opposing parts or two opposing elements. And you're going to hear me explain that in a little bit uh, also. And then there's also the word house that we find coming up here. What does that mean? Well, typically it means your, your, your household or, your, or your, the house of God. Come back to that here in a second because you have to look at the next one, which is the Hebrew term peh, which is 80. That, that is the decade that we're in, which is 5782. So peh, which means this, it means mouth, unveiling, revelation, or house, again. So 
This is the decade number that's of the Hebrew calendar right now. And first of all, it says mouth, which, which has everything to do with our words. Our words become powerful. And it also speaks of an unveiling and revelation that what has been unseen will be seen and will be visible. And yet again, the word house comes up, which I, which I believe at this point, because it's so strong, it, it's really speaking of the house of God. So based upon the Shemitah, based upon the Torah readings, and based upon these dates, I want to declare to you a few things. Things as I declare rest over you. So I want you to receive this. Here you go. This is a season when the hidden will be unveiled. I believe that, that the, the time of hidden agendas and deception and dark strategies, these are going to be exposed and unveiled on all levels. Ask for a spirit of revelation so that you can see what is happening around you so that you'll see and understand the unveiling and it'll help you to make better choices and be better positioned as you move into this next year. Also, I believe this is a season where we must use our words to declare good. See, words have the power to create good and evil. They have the power to create habitation and atmosphere. It's time, church, to speak with our mouths. Declare. Declare the word of God over your life. Declare the word of God over your family, over your church, over your city, over your state, and over your nation. Speaking things that are not as though they are, that's what I'm talking about. And refuse to be a part of the enemy's agenda and do not speak critical words and do not speak gossip words. I think it's more significant now than ever before. And I will say, especially when it comes to the family of God, the household of faith, your words are potent. They are much more potent than you believe. Because I actually do agree with the Jewish tradition that when words are released, life happens. I do believe that. Declare good with your words. And if you're having trouble declaring words, just keep your mouth shut for a while. All right. This is quite significant. All right. Here's the next one. This is a season where duality will be openly revealed. It's a season where duality will be openly revealed. Get that down. There are a lot of connections with this one. The second part I want to put it with this is darkness will be darker and the light will be lighter. Darkness is going to be darker. The light is going to be lighter. This is a year of duality. Where two, what duality is, is we have two opposing things happening at the same time. I believe this is a year where we're going to see the supernatural, both the godly supernatural and the demonic supernatural, become almost commonplace. Uh, and, and, and at the same time, more of the good and more of the evil will be exposed. I believe that spiritual battles, which happen in the unseen, are going to almost like bleed over into the natural, that we'll begin to see some of this stuff right before our eyes, and you'll be saying, man, this is like the spiritual battles that, that I believe are going on. You're going to begin to see some of these things yes. in the natural realm. I, I believe there's going to be dramatic acceleration of supernatural activity on God's side and on the side of the enemy. This can mean a lot of things, like on the side of the When you see something that's supernatural, and, and you're saying, well, I wonder what that is. Was, you know, are those, like, is that something coming from another planet? Or no, it's, just, it's demonic, okay? When you see things that are just weird and bizarre, it's demonic. It's just make sure that, but I believe we're going to see an acceleration of that, but we're going to see an acceleration of God's supernatural, which we find in the Word of God. Uh, and, and you just need to be discerning about it. I believe this is a season where we're going to see a lot of signs and wonders and miracles taking place. But I also have to say, in the midst of a release of accelerated supernatural, duality of supernatural, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. No. See, it's just time. This is time right now for you to decide whose side you're on. Whether you're going to be of the world or whether you're going to be of the kingdom of God. Yeah. And then we need to speak heavenly things into the natural from the supernatural realm. And I, again, believe that signs and wonders and miracles are going to be occurring. And, and, but I also believe this. I believe that deeply troubling darkness is going to be seen as well. Uh, there's going to be an acceleration of the fruit of the Spirit, just like an acceleration of the works of the flesh. Both are going to become evident and obvious. Here's a good example. And interestingly enough, I just made the parallel on this over the weekend, is the Heartbeat Act in the state of Texas. I think everyone knows that essentially abortion has been outlawed in the state of Texas, which is 
a sheer miracle. Thank God for the, these people who've been walking on their political, cultural street. They're making a difference. This is huge. This is huge. But at the same time, there is a backlash against it that is unbelievable. Yeah. Do you realize that Fort Worth, Texas set a record for abortions on the 31st? Planned Parenthood in our own city murdered, 70, murdered 57 babies, all-time record, on the 31st. So you see the evil becomes more prominent as the good is happening. There's this duality. Um, the darkness will be darker. The light will be lighter. I've been, it, it's, it's interesting because I have not prov- tried to provoke anything. I'm not provoking anything, but I've been kind of slammed on social media because of this. And I'm having to delete people, block people, hide comments because of just crude and mean and hateful things people are saying that I don't even know who they are. Well, some of them I do, but it's just like, well, <laughs> okay, goodbye. But, but it's just, it's, it's, it's just insanity. And it's like, what? What, what's going on? I said, yeah. praise God. Praise God. Praise God for this. Yeah. But you see, that acceleration of evil, so it becomes more and more obvious. More and more obvious, these two extremes. Yeah. One side is for life. One side is for death. Do you understand? Yeah. We go right, you can go right back to John 10.10. 10. You want to explain the, the issues of abortion. Is abortion good or not? Just, take a, just put the John 10.10 10 test to it. I have come that you may have What? Life, life to the full. But Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I just want to say, duh. All right? All right? All right. Also, this is going to be a season where God's people will be marked. You're going to be identified. Identified. God is going to mark you. He's going to put his seal on you. I believe that, that, uh, that a defining moment is coming for the church, and God is going to put his seal of protection upon believers. And, and as there's a separation between the godly and the ungodly, between the righteous and the unrighteous, I, I believe this, that the true Christ followers, the true lovers of God, and the lovers of this world are going to become very distinct and, and because of this that I, that I see here, I believe that, that there's, there, there's, it's likely, it's likely that there could be a huge, uh, a huge outpouring of God's grace where many people receive Christ into their lives over these next several months. So position yourself, get your heart right with God, be ready to hear, to receive, and to speak the truth of God's word and make a decision whose side you're on. Also, this is a season to do warfare through rest in him. Do warfare through rest in him. Again, it seems again like a paradox, but that term paradox is part of this whole theme of this year too. See, the Shemitah, it ushers in this year of Sabbath rest, but the spiritual warfare continues. It doesn't stop. We continue to do warfare. We continue to build the house of God, the local church. So how can that be? We continue to do these things, but we're supposed to be resting. Well, when we continue to strive to do things with our own strength and our own ideas, but we're ending up with limited fruit, uh, what happens is we, we become burned out. That is what happens. We become burned out. And then when you become burned out, you're opening yourself up for attack. So this is a season where God's saying, don't, don't do that. And, uh, but I want you to do warfare, and I want you to build the house, but I want you to do it from a place of rest. Now, how do you do warfare through rest? Well, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 tells us how this works. Again, not going to get into the full teaching on Revelation 12, 11, but this is where God's people triumph over the great dragon, which is very clearly, it says it in Revelation, it is Satan. So how do they triumph over Satan? Well, it's three ways. It's in, they have to engage the blood of Jesus. That's it. Number one is you engage the blood of Jesus. And this is where you can just simply say, I am born again. The blood of Jesus is, is over my life. And not only have it in your life, but, but share the blood of Jesus with other people. And, and let other people be, be forgiven of their sins. Engage the blood of Jesus. It is a weapon. It is a weapon against the enemy. And it's, it is, you don't have to do very much. Do you understand? It's rest. He's already paid the price. Engage the blood of Jesus. Quit trying to please God with every little thing. Think if I just do all these things, it'll, it'll make God happier with me. Actually, God says, no, I'm already pleased with you. You are my child. I have bought you with my blood. I've already paid the price for you. And that's where we need to rest in that. Secondly is this, is to share your testimony. Around here, we call this making Jesus known. Share your testimony. Get on your cultural street. Warfare through rest. It says that they defeated Satan 
through the blood of Jesus and the word of their testimony. So you're talking about what Jesus has done. You're talking about the miracles. You're talking about the power of God. Now's the time to do this like never before. And don't be ashamed of Jesus. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed to talk about the goodness of God. And the third one is this. There are three weapons that are used here is don't love your life or be afraid of death. This is one that is typically not preached on because in America we don't like talking about this stuff, but we, we need to. This is, something, this is something that's critical. This is one of the three weapons that we can use to defeat Satan and to, and to warfare through rest. It's like don't love your life so much that you're, that you're, you're going to be afraid of death. I'll tell you, you know what? If you, if you die, you're going into the presence of the Lord. I mean, that's like the ultimate victory. But at the same time, we're on this earth, and so we're not going to be afraid of death. We're not going to love our lives so much that we, that we, 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 that we are going to try to put ourselves in a bubble and hide out from it. But if someone finds out I'm a Christian, they're going to be mean to me. Or, or like, Stop the nonsense. Let's be believers. I believe that God wants to develop a spiritual readiness in all of us to release the glory of God in our cultural streets. And I believe that God is going to do miracles and he's going to do wonders through his people over this coming year. And, and, but it's going to come through the people who are desiring it and who are expecting it. All right? And in fact, one of the things you should do is go to City Life University through our app or our website and do the cultural streets training. Find that on there. Do the cultural streets training that will help you to, uh, to move forward. But, but hear me well. This year of Shemitah is not about passivity, okay? It's rest. The two are very different. It's a time to do warfare from a place of rest. Walk in peace. Church, walk in peace, knowing God is with you. Remember Psalm 23. Striving in stress is not the answer. Faith and trust in God, they are going to mark this season like never before. And I believe there's a great move of God that's on the horizon. And God has yet to unleash His greatest outpouring in this world, the greatest outpouring of His Spirit. And I believe there's a harvest of lost souls that are going to be coming in very, very soon. In fact, historically, the greatest moves of God throughout history, and I'm a student of history, and I'm a student of church history, so I love both. But the greatest moves of God historically have happened during seemingly the darkest hours of history. There is a divine setup that's going on, and here's the cool thing. God wanted you to live during this time to be part of that miracle. There's something that's being set up by God, but to engage it fully, we have to seek God like never before. Seek Him. Every logical sign that I see around me says that our nation will very likely be shaken and shaken really heavily in the days ahead. Uh, again, I don't say that to scare you, but I just say that's just like, you know, if, if it happens, then you say, okay, yeah, well, God, God set us up so God knows. That's just, that actually, your prophecy, the spirit of prophecy actually brings us peace, knowing that, well, God knew this all along, so therefore God has a plan. His, his, word, his word remains true. So I don't want you to be shocked or dismayed Typically on the, on the Hebrew calendar, which is also our calendar as well, like September, October, there tends to be all kinds of earth-shaking things going on. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because when you see things happening in the natural realm, they're being paralleled by things in the spirit realm that God is doing. Just make sure you're on the right side and be at rest on the right side. Make Jesus known on your cultural street like never before. Relax. God's got this. That's what I said at the beginning. Relax. God's got this. Just be positioned for a new season final scripture is this, Psalm 37 verse 7, it says this, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. And now he says it again, do not fret. It only leads to evil. I'm excited about this new season God has for us. And I believe we are well poised and able to move into this season with a spirit of victory, a song in our hearts, and diligence in our hearts. Now is not the time to, to, to drop out or drop back. Now is the time to push forward with the glow of Jesus, the fullness of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit. And you're going to be bringing people into heaven with you, which is the ultimate cool thing. You're going to be bringing people into heaven with you. You can be bringing people into heaven with you. I had the coolest experience 
this week, the coolest, I don't know, it probably wasn't the coolest, but it was, it was the coolest of the week, okay? The coolest of the week. But there was an individual who visited our church several months ago, and then found out this, this person has found out that, that they're, they're very near death, and invited me to come and, and uh, spend some time with them. So Rebecca and I went with some other individuals from our church, and we just went and talked about the Lord prayed a sinner's prayer, talked about heaven, talked about the goodness of God. And this man just, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Another person in heaven. How many of those situations are waiting out there just for you, setups for you? If you're here this morning you don't know Jesus, you need to receive him today. We're going to take communion in just a second. When we do, when we take communion, please understand we practice open communion here, which means you don't have to be a member of our church. All you have to do is be a part of the family of God. So I want to ask you right now, will you look into your own heart first and foremost and ask God, <laughs> am I ready? Am I ready? Have, I, have you given your life to God? Is there sin in your life? If so, now's the time to change things. With everyone just in the quietness of this moment, no movement around at all in the building. Will you examine your heart? And if Jesus should come today, we should always be ready for Jesus coming. But if he should come to this day or if you were to lose your life today, would you be in eternity? And if you don't know that for certain, I'm going to ask you at the count of three to lift your hand for me so I can see it. And I want to pray with you. If you're watching online, I want you to respond appropriately as well. Is that you? If so, at the count of three, lift your hand. One, two, three, lift your hand. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I want to give my life to him today. This is one of those rare times in the year where no hands have gone up. That's all right. There's someone, if you're watching online, you need Jesus. I want you to receive him right now as well church, I want you to pray this prayer with me as an encouragement to those, even through the video, who are going to give their lives to Jesus today. Please pray with me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your precious blood. I give my life to you. I turn from my past, and I embrace your plan for my, for my future. In Jesus' name I pray. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.